What is up, everybody? Oh, wait, you know what? I just realized something, Ethan. Let me make sure that I... That probably changes how I sound a little bit. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sound a lot better. Yes, there we go. Okay, and that will be good specifically for the podcast. That's what that's more for. Um, but yeah, we're going live. Uh, obviously, it's still three, so people might be at work, all that stuff. So whenever you guys join, you join, or if you're watching the replay, thank you so much for watching. But obviously, a lot of big Spurs news dropped. We told you guys last night that we would go live once the big news dropped. And we all anticipated a potential sign and trade to the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, now we see that DeMar DeRozan is going there. And we're getting a first-round pick, two second-round picks, Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu back in the trade. Ethan, instant reaction. What do you think? I'm glad we got something done. At least we're getting something back so we're not just left empty-handed without an additional big man. Power forward was our biggest uh, hole, we said, after the first day of free agency. And to me, Thaddeus Young uh, fits that description of a guy that's just going to come in, give you some solid hustle minutes, get a lot of rebounds, play solid defense. Not much of a shooter, um, but he he is definitely a physical player that we could definitely use uh, in front of, or I guess maybe third string behind Lucas Amanich or Sharon Metz, Lucas Amanich. Not exactly sure how that's going to work. And of course, we got three picks out of it. So, you know, that's all great. Yeah, um, my instant reaction is too, is when I see who we're getting back, I'm like, okay, DeRozan's trade value is in the dumpster, which is fair. At the rest of the league, I wouldn't be offering anything. I know he's leaving regardless. So I would be offering Alfred Camino and Thad Young. But the fact that we got three draft picks out of this Mm -hmm. is honestly, I mean, look, these picks probably aren't going to turn into anything crazy, especially when you consider that this is like Chicago really stacked up to try to contend. You know, their starting lineup is probably going to be Alonzo Ball, Zach Levine, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic. That's a pretty solid starting five in the East. I feel like they have mm-hmm. they have a slight chance of maybe potentially being a top three team. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a reach, but I feel like that could kind of be their ceiling with the roster that they have. So obviously, these picks are not going to be anything crazy. We don't really know the years on them as of right now. I haven't seen anything. If you all see anything feel free to talk about it in the chat. Um, but just initially, once again, it's like, okay, we got two pick, we got three picks out of this, which means that's just like trade assets. The more picks you have, the better it is. Like it just for trade assets, whatever it is, it makes doing other things easier and gives you more flexibility. Um, but the other thing that I do like about Thad Young and Alfred Kaminu um, is that one, they're both expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that Alfred Camino's is. I could be mistaken. Now. Yeah, you're, you're, f- you're right. Okay. I know for a fact that Thad Young's is. It's about $14 million. Right now, if we keep both of these guys, we're at $4.3 million in cap space, which basically rounds out our roster. Um, but the thing is, is that both of these two guys, thank you, Ivan, 2025 first round pick. Um, both of these guys, their contracts are available to be flipped, it seems like. I'm, I'm not certain on Alfred Camino. I did see, though, that Thaddeus Young, we could move him for more draft capital. We could move both of these guys for more picks, potentially. Um, And they are expiring deals, so that is a possibility. But if for some reason these guys do end up just staying on the roster, and this was it, this was the final move, this is the Spurs roster, this is our free agency, we're going to save that $4.3 million, put it into whatever, and this is the roster. Um, You know, I'm not mad at getting these two guys in a trade either, Ethan, because I feel like this is two power forwards. These are two fours. Um, Thad has sent has spent a lot more time this past year playing the five, although he can play the four just because, like you said, his shooting ability went down. He has had some years where he shot around 36% from three. Um, so Thad Young took a little bit of step back shooting wise, especially last year, shot like 20% or whatever. But you give him Chip England and he'll probably be able to be somebody who can make a wide open three, which if we're playing him at the four, I feel like that's that's good enough for me. Um But yeah, so just looking at some of you guys in the chat as well, um, Thad Young is, yeah, 33. Some of you guys are already answering each other's questions. (laughs) So awesome stuff there. We love that. Um, But just, I like the deal. I do like the deal to to answer that. Um, I know that it doesn't seem that attractive and a lot of Spurs fans are going to be like, this is the most crappy deal for DeMar ever. I can't believe this, really. But to me, it seems like this was the best deal that we can get. 
And the fact that we're not losing DeMar DeRozan for nothing. There have been other people who have left for nothing. We're not losing him for nothing. That is a good thing at the end of the day. And if these two veterans that we're bringing in, another factor, if these two guys are people who stay on the team, with all of the losses of Patty, Rudy, um, and now DeMar, we just need some other veterans on the team. Honestly, my first thought, Ethan, when I saw Thad Young before I saw Alfred Camino is, okay, Zach Collins will probably play over him. He's just going to, I mean, he'll probably play at the beginning of the season because Zach is hurt. But it's like, I just immediately thought Gorgie Jang. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, he's just Gorgie Jang again, except, you know, not as good of a shooter. But I don't see Gorgie Jang, really, um, because I think the big selling point for Thaddeus Young to me is his ability to defend basically two through five because he's 6'8", he's long, he's averaged a steal or close to two steals a game for almost his entire career. Um, so he's a guy that we can really throw in there and he can guard anybody. He's not, and he's, what I like about him more than what I liked about Rudy, Rudy needed the ball to be effective and he wasn't a great defender. Thaddeus Young is the exact opposite. He doesn't ever really need the ball that much. He's an off-ball guy and he's a, he's a hard-nosed defender. He's going to get you some rebounds. He's going to play defense. Um, you know, I, I really actually like it. I know he's 33 years old, but like you said, his expiring contract, he's probably not going to be here long term. Um, so just for the season, I think I think it fits. Yeah, um, I, I guess to go back to what I was talking about earlier, I, I wasn't comparing them as players. It was more, I guess, their role for the franchise. I should have specified that. I didn't specify mm. that because I agree with you. Thaddeus Young and Gorky Jang are two very different players. Um, but at the same time, I think their role in the franchise just also kind of eating cap. Like he was $17 million last year, Thaddeus Young, if we keep him, mm-hmm. $14 million. An older guy, been around the league. Like that kind of role, I guess, is what I was saying, just as a gotcha. veteran big was I guess what I was referring to. Um, and then uh, in, in in regards to Alfaru Kaminu, he's also a versatile defender. You know, he's older um, and obviously isn't the guy that he used to be, but he's somebody who can kind of also guard, not through five, but he can kind of guard that two through four range, you know, three positions. Um, so these guys aren't guys that I don't think are going to be getting big time minutes but if we need them to be there, they're multi-positional defenders. Alfaru Kaminu can shoot the three a little bit. Um, okay. And we needed depth um, in in the four and the five position. And these guys bring that. So, I'm just taking a look at Alfaru Kaminu's stats. I, oh, I guess. Okay. So he only played four games in 2018. Yeah, but yeah 17 points a game back then. And he's, yeah, he's kind of gone downhill. I wasn't high on the Alfaru Kaminu pickup when you said his name. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Thaddeus Young. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll contribute more than people think today. Does that make sense? I, I agree with that too. And I don't really think that Alfred Camino is going to play if he's even on the mm-hmm. roster. Um, but still, it is just some... Like, if we are going to trade... You know, if we have to get another player back, like get it back at this position of need that we haven't had depth at this whole time. So we added we added more depth. Um, at positions of need, got some picks back, but I agree with you definitely. The the if if one of these guys is going to play and they don't get traded, Thaddeus Young will be the one who plays much more uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, maybe maybe Alfred Kaminu's comparison, maybe he was a little bit better Gorgie Jane comparison, and that he'll only play if he has to. But and another reason, I think a lot of people, including you and I, were thinking about Laurie Markkinen coming back from Chicago if we were to sign and trade tomorrow over there. And that didn't happen, but I kind of, I don't, Thaddeus Young is not as good of a player as Laurie Markkinen, um, probably, and Laurie Markkinen is a lot younger and all that. Um, but at least we know Lucas Samanich doesn't necessarily have to worry about his minutes being completely taken away by somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like these moves just with the, other than Zach Collins, um, you know, that's somebody that probably i mean unless mm-hmm. they they may play him at center we did talk about that possibility yesterday so i kind of forgot that when i was talking about it um but other than him really that would be the only person that i would be like oh that might take minutes away from me but as we talked about it seems like he might end up playing center so luca really wouldn't have too much to worry about other than thad young and and zach collins but maybe like you said maybe it's eubanks that whose minutes are going to be taken away because of these moves. And I think, honestly, I feel like that's, that's more likely. I know that sounds crazy because, to, and just to be blunt, 
Drew Eubanks played better than Lucas Samanich next year, but still that idea of what Samanich could be and also how many injuries Samanich had to deal with. He's not playing in the summer league because he's still nursing like a foot thing or something like that. That came out too. So interesting stuff with Luca there, but um, we'll have to say. And uh, yeah, Haiti, you said no Collins anymore. Yeah, there's not a chance that we can offer that max to John Collins. But I have a feeling that if the the Spurs wouldn't have made this move if they didn't think that John Collins was out of the picture. Because still, the latest intel on John Collins is that he's, you know, him and the Atlanta Hawks are not, uh, anywhere close to an agreement. So I assume that in this time that, that the sign and trade with DeRozan happened, the Spurs went out and explored the possibility, see if John Collins would be interested in that. Maybe they got back that, oh, he's just bluffing. He's going to sign back with the Hawks. You know, you never know what intel could, mm-hmm. could be out there, but the Spurs have more of it than we do. <laughs> That's for sure. So I have a feeling that they did their due diligence and especially with all the moves they've made so far, I don't I'm I don't have the impression that they didn't look around field every single possibility other than this um, mm-hmm. and then and then take this. The only thing that I'm concerned about Ethan, the only thing that disappoints me in this whole thing is before I saw the Alfaruk Aminu added to the trade, um <laughs> I thought for a second we still had like 15 million and I was like, "Wait." Yeah are we going to get Thad Young and then also get Kelly Oubre? <laughs> and then I was, and I was going to be like, we have, we could get, that would be a great haul. Um, that so would honestly, be. my preferred, it, here's what I would do. This is what I hope happens. I don't think it will. But what I hope happens is the Spurs flip Thad Young and Al Farouk Aminu for picks, sign Kelly Oubre, end of free agency. Will that happen? Yeah, probably, probably not. not. Not, no. That's, this is just a, pipe dream but you know i can dream yeah. Ethan. i can dream you can dream and you know what it, it, maybe it happens you never know because we not no one predicted primo nobody predicted that he's young and alfaru Camino. so maybe they do flip him and get somebody else like a kelly Ubre. who knows uh, we don't know yeah. i'm gonna address a couple of these things real quick uh adolfo hernandez what do you guys think the starting lineup would be if we don't sign anyone else uh i'll you want me to take a crack at it and then i'll throw it to you yes go because i'm actually going to update my little roster board yeah i have the same the other thing day, so i got the same thing so it, here's my um uh, i'm not going to give you just a starting five i'm going to give you pretty much the whole depth chart at the one we got dj we got Derek, keldon i would put zach collins at the four and Jakob. And then backing up everybody, the second unit would be Trey Jones, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Lucas Samanich, and Drew Eubanks. Uh, and then, of course, rounding out the rotation, Primo behind Lonnie, or po- probably in the G League, Doug McDermott, splitting minutes with Devin and Luca. Not really sure where he will fit there. Uh, and then Thaddeus Young, of course, now in Alpha Rukaminu, and Wisecamp, probably two way player slash G League as well. Yeah, 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 that's that's what I'm going with. And, unless we move Zach Collins, like you said, to a backup center, and then we move Luca to the starting four, and then Thaddeus Young can share minutes with Doug at that like four-three combo type thing. It really all depends on where we're putting Zach Collins and whether or not he's. Playing. I forgot about Doug McDermott. You're talking yeah. about this, and I'm like, who is this Doug guy that you're talking about? He's not on our team. And then I'm like, oh, that's right, we signed Doug McDermott yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just some random Doug. Yeah, no, I think that Wise Camp is going to end up being a two-way guy this year, just because that's of roster space. Just because of just because straight up of roster space. The year after, I think he'll be involved in the team. Just you know, I mean, he's going to play in Austin this year anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, because I'm just trying to figure out positionally where we're at. So at point guard, I have Dejounte and then Trey Jones. Do we have any other point guards on the roster? Other than you could say Derek, technically. Yeah, not unless you want to consider Primo a one, but yeah. I'm putting him at the two for now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing too. Um, but I think what we're kind of doing is I think that our guards are versatile. Like we only have two true point guards, you could say, but all our other, like Derek can play point for sure. Mm-hmm. We know that. I think Primo can, and we haven't seen it from Lonnie yet, but I think he, if he had to, he could too. So. At shooting guard, we've got Derek, Lonnie, Primo still. Um, and then at the 
three, we've got Keldon, Doug, Devin, and Wisecamp. Um, obviously, Keldon may still be at the four. This is us, not the Spurs, thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the four, would would you have Zach Collins there, or, or are you considering him a five? He is officially a four. Okay, it, um, but he can he he has obviously five. he can play. Yeah. It, okay, but we're gonna but we're gonna yeah. classify. Do you think the where do you think the Spurs are gonna play him? You're not sure. Can't say. It, you never know. I mean, I would play him at the four, but like Trevor Schultz just said, he is still hurt, so we don't even know if he's gonna be you know playing at the beginning of the I season. I think they're gonna play Thad at the four. He he'll definitely be at the four. Thaddeus yeah. is hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna put Zach Collins as a center just because of the fact that you're putting that as a that we're putting that as a four just so it can be a little bit more fleshed out here obviously everything with zach collins is a grain of salt because he might not play but as of right now our two point guards are dj and trey jones our shooting guards are Derek lonnie and josh primo um we've got three or four threes um but these guys you know two of them can can play or actually just well, there are a couple of two of them can play literally two through four. Um, and then uh, Keldon can play the four as well. Um, yeah, there's like three of them that can play two through four. I could anyways, I'll stop talking there. Yeah, but yeah. but Keldon, Doug, McDermott, um, Devin Vassell and Wieskamp at the three. Thaddeus Young, Luca and Alfred Camino at the four. And then at the center position, Jakob, Zach Collins and Drew Eubanks. Yeah, the more I talk about it, Luis just said it too, playing Zach at the five. Uh, he is 6'11", and he hasn't really played that since. I know he he played two years ago, right? Was the last time he really played? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the NBA um, has changed even more since then. So what I, what I will say, though, there are a lot of people who are worried about Zach Collins' injuries. And while the first two years you do see some missed games, his first two years, he still played 66 or 68 is one of those two numbers. Can't remember. 66, 68 games. And then the year after that, so not this past year, but the bubble year, he played 77. And so, yes, this year he was out the whole year. But, I mean, so is Derek. You know what I mean? So it's like for the majority of this guy's career, I know he's had some nagging injuries in those two years, but most NBA players do. We can also recognize that. He's played most of the year for the majority of his career. So... There's a little I, I remember him being a problem <laughs> back then, dude, when he was like playing, playing like healthily, like he was not like a scrub, like people considered him like a solid big in the West, like a guy to be reckoned with that could guard some of the, the better power forwards and centers, you know, in the conference. So he's from Gonzaga. I mean, that's a that's a prestigious university. Um, he's honestly like a bigger version, a bigger, better version of kind of Killian Tilly, but he was kind of the guy that kind of led that mold at Gonzaga as somebody who can play the four and five, but can also stretch the floor. Um, and I see my guy, Jumpman G first time in here. Thanks for coming in. Spurs are trash with a bunch of exclamation points. So disappointing. Hey, you know, we're, we're in a rebuilding phase. We're not going to win the chip this year. That's been our that's been our phrase. Eric Pacina says the Spurs reset the clock to 25, 25. I agree with all of these statements, guys. But uh what I will say though is hey, you know what? We're going to we're going to see what we have. We're going to see what these guys on our roster are really made of. We're going to learn so that we can get even better for the future. I hope. I hope that they don't just ride these guys out and we're just forever stuck in what I like to call the Hornetsville of the NBA, which is the 13th to 14th pick where you go like 40 and 42 every year. Um, that's not where I want to be, but yeah. <laughs> you know, well, hopefully I think that like a Keldon Johnson can, can, can elevate a team past that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we talked about it and I've discussed it with a few other friends right now. The Spurs are in this place where they're just trying to find pieces to surround our young core and hope that either one of our players from our young core emerges as this, you know, transcendent level cornerstone of the franchise, or we'll just keep falling lower and lower into the draft. And hopefully we'll draft somebody in that top five range that can be that transcendent talent. We don't know, but we're not going to go out there and sign, you know, Kawhi Leonard. We're not going to get LeBron, KD, AD. We're not going to get any of those dudes in free agency. Um, Cause the more I've thought about it, Jude, the more I'm like, I, 
I know people wanted more of a big splash this free agency and with the draft pick and stuff like that. But at least we're at least it seems like we're making a decision on where we're going. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was watching Clan the Spurs fan yesterday, not to steal from him, but he he put it basically the same way that you just described it. And it really kind of opened my eyes to it, too, that we are learning. The positive of this is we are learning what the Spurs are doing. And I think what they're doing is basically trying to kind of find diamonds in the rough. That's mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Doug McDermott, every single one of his, like, look, stats aren't everything. I, I try to be the biggest proponent of that. But look, Doug McDermott, every in every, like, basically every statistical category last year went up by a significant amount. It seems like he's found a place in the NBA, found his role, has got comfortable as he's hitting his prime at 29 years old, um, a little older, but still as a shooter, you're going to age really gracefully. So that contract, it's not like he's going to, you know, grow old out of it. And we're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, mad at the, it's not like it's Rudy Gay at the end of this contract, you know, even though Rudy yeah. played well. Um, but Doug McDermott will be fine there. Um, and Zach Collins, somebody who's still 23, similar to the Trey Lyles signing. Um, I think there's a lot more potential here, though, um, not only because he's younger, but just because of his shooting ability and his size and his skill set. We talked about the NBA, you know, skilled big man are becoming more and more popular. Um, and I think that Zach Collins fits that mold. This is another young player. They're betting on potential, right? All of these guys, they're betting on potential of what, you know, and we're we're trying to see which one, you know, who, who can pop up and really be the leader of this team because we understand that big free agents aren't going to come to us even if we offer them uh, a ton of money. Hooligan Lee, I saw you in there, and mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're talking about how we did absolutely bad with the most cap space. And I, look, I love the Spurs too, and I, I, you know, good luck to our young guys as well. But the thing is, is I'm not sure that we were going to be able to sign anybody anyways. I think yeah. that I think that these big stars are just not really attracted to San Antonio. That's okay. We're a small market. We've won five championships, you know, and look, you know, we can't just sit around and wait for the next Tim Duncan. But yeah. we've also got to understand that we've got to have that player, you know, to as a fan base, we've got to understand that it those don't come around that often. And we've got to have a player like that to be a championship contender. So we just got to kind of look for that. And we're just going to have to do it through the ways that are possible for the Spurs. And, you know, there are other teams in the league that have more, you know, options, you know, because they're in an LA or a Brooklyn or something like that. So it's tough. Um, But South Tex, you, you make a good point here. And you say that, I'm sorry to say, but DeMar, Rudy, and Patty crippled the young guys. I don't know if I would say crippled, but they definitely did um, later in the year. You know, there was some development that I think could have been had that was not had because we decided to give them um, so many minutes. So we're definitely, uh, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And it's not just... Um, it's the young guys now and we we're giving them that opportunity, Ethan. We talked about that so much and how that was something that we wanted so badly. And I, I think that that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. even if it's not completely the way that we expected it to happen. Yeah. And I do want to reiterate something that you kind of touched on there. Uh, and everybody's been saying it, including me and a couple of guys in the comments section about how the vets kind of slow down the development of our younger, younger guys. And a lot of times when we make this argument, some other Spurs fans will comment or tweet something like, well, you know, our young guys just weren't, they weren't ready or they weren't as good as the vets. And that's a hundred percent true. DeMar, Rudy, and Patty very well could have been the three best players on our team. Look where they're at right now. Like, look where all of these guys, like, you know, DeMar going to Chicago, Rudy going to the jazz, Patty going to Brooklyn coveted championship Mm -hmm. contending teams. Yeah. So when we say that they, you know, kind of, stifled the growth of our young guys we're not saying that our young guys were ready to contribute and they would have pushed us you know further than where Demar and Rudy went we're just saying that you know their development could you know have been fast-tracked a little bit we could have maybe seen what they were what they were made of um you know a little bit sooner and we're, we probably would have lost more games but that's, that's just what we were looking for Exactly. No, what we're we we understand that they'd make mistakes and there'd mm-hmm. be some ugly basketball and we'd lose some games. But from our perspective, we're like, okay, well, we're not winning the chip anyway. So, 
you know, we're not a contender. Like, so it doesn't really matter. And if the more games we lose, the the better chance we have of getting Cade Cunningham. So it was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, but that's now, why now I would rather play Devin Vassell than, you know, and, and let him, you know, mm-hmm. make a mis you know, have a t- couple turnovers than, you know, trying to trying to win this game against the Nuggets with Rudy Gay. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wasn't really trying to do that, you know, when, when yeah. Patty Mills is is our main source of, of offense. <laughs> so. And I, I want to address Kirk Golson. Uh, he said, I'm behind, but y'all mentioned flipping Aminu Thad and picks instead of getting Ubre. Why couldn't we have just, why couldn't we do that and send an offer sheet to John Collins? So, I think I'm, yeah. Yeah, I was talking about earlier flipping Thad and Aminu to create the cap space to sign Kelly Oubre. That's what I was talking about earlier. Um, so we we can't, and we can't send an offer sheet to um, John Collins and Oubre because we just don't have that money. If we were going to send an offer sheet to John Collins, we, we wouldn't have made this DeRozan sign and trade. We would have just sent... The, the, we, we, we had enough for a max. We literally had just enough for a max. And I have a feeling that we sent that offer, he declined, and then we did this. Yeah, I think that too. And it might not have been about the money. It was probably just he didn't want to come to San Antonio. That's, I, I have a feeling that, remember how I said earlier that I was like, oh, he's just bluffing. He'd rather stay in Atlanta. I mm-hmm. think he's just trying to get the most money out of Atlanta right now because he wants to probably. stay there. There's the chemistry, everything. They were you mm-hmm. know, two games away from an NBA Finals this year. So, and he says, yes, I'm talking about flipping them for picks, then sending an off sheet for John Collins. I don't think we, I mean, we could flip them and then, well, I see what you're saying, actually, because those are the guys that we only, we would be back to the same amount of cap space. I didn't even realize that. That's a great point, Kirk. Thanks so much. Yeah. So theoretically we could do that, but like I said, I still feel like we wouldn't have made this. I feel like we already sent that offer sheet to John Collins, Ethan. I really do. That's, that's where I'm leaning to. If that um, happened, Kirk, I would be all for it. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're on your side. I just don't know if it's going to. I think we are. Yes. Tried. So I'm I'm with flipping the picks for Thad and Aminu for Ubre or John Collins. Either either work for me. Um, but you know that the yes, the most attractive option if we wanted to get rid of Thad and Aminu and then bring in another four, um, would would be John Collins. I I do mm-hmm. like that a lot, but unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like hopefully, I don't know. It's still a possibility. There's NBA free agency is so unpredictable. I'm not going to try to predict it. Yeah. And <laughs> even though maybe, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the whole show is about. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the Spurs, I don't exactly off the top of my head know who's available next year in free agency. South Tex, I see you. Hey, this is John Collins. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's available next year, but like you said, you we're getting two guys. More so um, with Thaddeus Young than Alpha Rukaminu, but two guys on expiring deals that are going to give us a few minutes. Maybe not Alpha Rukaminu, but Thaddeus Young is going to contribute, I think, um, a lot more than we give him credit a for. Position to need too. Yes, like, I was exactly. really happy. I felt like we needed another big. And also, mm-hmm. I may have already mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to repeat myself once again: replacing Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, Demar Derozan, glue guys, right? Thaddeus Young is a glue guy. We mm-hmm. had like no vets on our roster basically after all these points. Like our oldest player before this trade was Doug McDermott at 29 years old. And Doug McDermott is another glue guy, but having another one in a position of need, mm-hmm. um, just having them in kind of, you know, the guard and the big spot. I know obviously um, Doug McDermott is a wing, but he can still, you know, talk with the guard positions. He'll run through drills with them and stuff on shooting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, both of those both of those pickups are, are solid, and and to replace you know the void that because Patty Mills meant so much to the Spurs culture for so many years. He's the la- he was the last remaining player from the 2014 championship team. Now they're gone. It's all gone, Ethan. Everything's yep. gone. All the memories. It's 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 really a new day. It is a new day in San Antonio. I see you, Eric. I hope you're right. I think we'll definitely be competing for that play in tournament range. I like our team right now, even though we didn't necessarily make a big splash in free agency or in the draft. I still think we're a, a solid 
team I can overall. see us, yeah, yeah, being in the top 10 in the West. I, I can see that too because I think DeJounte is going to take a step forward. If Derek's healthy, that changes the game. Um, Keldon's going to be another year better after his Olympics experience. I think he's going to be even better than he was going to be um, mm-hmm. without that experience. Um, and... I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, Lonnie, this is his, we, we know that Lonnie has all the physical tools to be an exciting young player, a very mm-hmm. exciting young player. Um, but we haven't seen him really put it together. It was like he took a step back this past year, but there's a lot of guys that their ceilings have not been reached. And there's a lot of guys that have a lot of room left in their ceiling. They're not going to reach it this next year, but they are going to make improvements like a Devin Vassell, for example. Um, and so I don't think that it's out of, you know, but but then again, let's remember Spurs fans, if things go haywire and we're not, you know, a top 10 team, you know, and we don't compete for a playoff spot and this team isn't competitive, that's not a bad thing either. Because then, one, we're going to get probably a top 10 draft pick. And two, we know that the guys that we have right now aren't somebody that, you know, uh, somebody who wants to win a championship would want to build around so then we can move them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and luckily we've signed such flexible contracts that we've allowed ourselves to basically have every contract on our roster, Ethan, is pretty tradable. So the Spurs, if this is what the Spurs plan was to kind of just bet on these guys, see how this season goes and, and kind of figure everything out, they've set it up perfectly because the flexibility that we have in comparison to last year is just completely different, even though we've still filled up most of the salary cap. I agree. I don't have any rebuttal. I don't have any rebuttal. <laughs> I just realized that too. So, I mean, like where we're at flexibility wise. So next year, guys, I know me and Ethan, we play a lot of 2K My League. We try to rebuild the Spurs, do all these scenarios, you know, in the fake video game world. We are going to be flexible in the next 2k in 2k 22 so for any of you guys who play fun have fun with that we we uh you'll definitely have some options there to to trade for some stars on the spurs (laughs) we will finally know after this season what we've been dying to know for like two years which is which of our young core are we keeping and which of our young core are we going to trade and and move on from yes 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 it's going to be crazy that when a year from now we're talking about a Lonnie sign and trade. I hope he surprises us, but this year he was I, supposed I, to surprise us either. again. Yeah. Like this this past season, it feels I thought like he's he was gone gonna down since that a Houston little bit. game. And I think he just set the bar too high initially because we had I no expectation. He drafted more guards, more guys who yeah. play his position. Yeah, that too, dude. I swear though. I don't know if anyone – I know uh, Jude, you do. 2K disrespects my man Lonnie Walker every year. I, like, I was looking and at Derek the White. Rosters. They disrespect Derek, White, Derek White so hard. They still haven't updated his like half knee sleeves. Mm. I have to change it every time. His dunking rating, I saw it today. It was literally like a 50. I was like, did you not see no, him in the his, Nuggets? <laughs> I was going to say, no, no, no. And I always change it to a 65. I'm like, no, no, no. The driving dunk against – against uh paul Millsap, that's at least a 65 it should probably be higher but that's at least a 65 <laughs> alvaro you Kawhi back to the spurs oh uh, yeah i was waiting i was waiting for that last night i was waiting i was waiting for uh imagine just you know obviously it didn't happen but i was still just waiting for that notification Kawhi leonard has decided to sign the san antonio spurs that would have just been the craziest thing in history i just wanted to see it happen just because it would have been insane like twitter would have gone crazy um but obviously that wasn't going to happen i want to see him go somewhere else though just for the fun of it mm-hmm. just to screw i mean just to screw with the league like go to the warriors i want if he goes to the warriors that would be the funniest thing ever mm. They would just be trolling the Lakers. He would just be trolling the Lakers. He would. Oh, I kind of want him and to. And Paul George is just stuck with Andrew Wiggins or whatever they get. In the yeah, whatever they trade. Yeah. <laughs> South Tex, I agree with you 110%. That's why I think this is this is the make or break year for Lonnie. He has no excuse. He's going to have the ball probably 99% of the time. Uh, other than Trey Jones, of course, if Trey is actually playing that. that you got to push the pace. Spot. Yeah. Lonnie We're going to get in transition. That. Yes. Alexander, you are 100% right. Every time he gets yes. eight and a half points a game. I don't Yeah, understand. and it's and it's like 
I, I have to, when I make his ratings, I know this may sound crazy to y'all, but like, I, I'm like, this dude is set. This dude's better. Like right now, right now at this moment, his, his overall ratings like are better than DeJounte. Yeah. <laughs> like, but DeJounte is always the one averaging like 20 or whatever. Like, even when you play yeah. with him, he's like the guy that's like, you're going to score with, you're not going to score with Derek. It's just the way their players are built. I don't know. You got to crank up that shot tendency on yeah. Derek. Yeah. That's <laughs> You gotta crank up those tendencies, bro. <laughs> the tendencies. That's that's for the real the real stories. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Any any other uh any other it doesn't look like it seems like that's the main news there. No other news on the Spurs. We haven't flipped anybody yet. Um we haven't done anything like that. Um but yeah, let's say let's say thank you to DeMar DeRozan. Since mm-hmm. since this is kind of it, what are some of your favorite memories of Demar as a Spur? First one that comes to mind is him dunking on the, the Raptors like twice, <laughs> like his first game back when he when he slammed it. Who was it on? It was on. Uh, Wasn't Ka- was Kawhi playing in this game? I don't remember. Or did he Kawhi. sit? Because I know he usually sat against us. He played against us when he came to the AT and T Center. Because remember the booze. We had like the like the loudest crowd booing yes. ever, um, but yeah, De- Demar Derozan and I. Honestly, I know Demar Derozan in the playoffs, but in the regular season, the dude was super clutch. So uh, all he those won memories. us so many games. He won us yeah. so many games, and I'm glad that we're losing him. <laughs> like, okay, this is this is really selfish, but I'm glad that we're losing him. I think you talked about this too with that new rule, how they're getting rid of like the James Harden like jump in you know uh fouls demar did a lot of that and that rule is getting taken away next year and there Mm -hmm. were so many games where we probably won literally off of free throws because he he got fouled so his effectiveness unfortunately i think he'll still be a great player for the bulls but that is going to be taken out i'm glad that he's leaving us when that rule is also leaving (laughs) yes that's that's that is we got max value (laughs) out of demar (laughs) that's true Another thing I didn't really think about until just now, we're talking about Lonnie Walker being our sixth man and having the chance to prove himself uh, this season, is now he actually has a lot of shooters around him. You know, he could potentially have Devin Vassell and Doug McDermott and Lucas Samanich around him on the bench. You know, that could, I mean, those three guys could be around him and all of them can space the floor and shoot. So now he has the ability to drive and dish, or Trey Jones has the ability to drive and dish, kick out to Lonnie. Lonnie, can make a move off of that and uh and be our next Anu Ginobili fingers crossed yeah yeah that's been the goal I mean I still remember when Pop compared Lonnie to Manu and that's been what we've wanted him to be that's what we need him to be this year um and if he is that we will still have some cap flexibility to pay him but the thing is is we do have to keep in mind that right after Lonnie Walker um or maybe not right after Lonnie I think actually it might be right after Lonnie Walker. I think it is, yeah, right after Lonnie Walker. The year after Lonnie Walker, it will be time uh, for Keldon Johnson mm-hmm. to get paid. So that's just something you got to keep in mind. And, you know, if things go really well, maybe Lonnie is like, hey, I'm trying to be the sixth man. I know we got to pay Keldon because he's elite and I want to stick this thing together and I want to be, you know, the, the best, you know, embodiment of Monty Ginobili's role as possible. Then maybe Homeboy will take a pay cut. Um, but I think that even if Lonnie has just a little bit better year, but still has some issues, I still think he's going to demand some money in restricted free agency because of how young he is, his athleticism. Like, think about mm-hmm. Z- Zach Collins just got this contract. Like, Lonnie is going to be, he's going to have some interest for sure. Mm-hmm. And it may not be, you know, and somebody might want to pay him, especially if if we're really wanting to bring Lonnie back, that probably means he had a good year which means he's going to demand even more money in the free agent market with some team that has a bunch that is in the position that we were in this year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Jude. You're right. And uh, there's one question that we got a lot higher up. We just, I just forgot to look at it. Um, they asked us, who do you think will have the biggest jump this season on our team? I'll throw that to you. You can answer that one first. Well, um, I think – uh, I, I'll answer another question in in conjunction with this one. So Ray Morales, you say, do we assume that Keldon will start because he's an Olympian? Not necessarily. I, I assume Keldon will start because he started last year. Um, but 
I think that Keldon Johnson will be because he was an Olympian. Well, not all because he was Olympian, but partially because he was an Olympian. One thing I think that will do is will contribute to Keldon Johnson taking the biggest jump this year. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go with Keldon, and then I think I'm gonna go with Derek. If I had to choose two guys, that's what I'm gonna go with. I think that other guys on the roster, like I think that Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker are all like all of those guys could potentially have big jumps. Like they could take this next step as players because they're just going to have the ball in their hands way more than they did Uh before. So I think literally all four of those guys could, could make a big jump. And Lucas Samanich is another one. That's another one. You took mine, Jude. If he can just play, if he can just be competent, become comfortable playing in the NBA, his skill set will, he'll fit in fine as a four. I was watching a lot of footage of Luka Samanic, uh, all going all the way back to the bubble when he got a little bit of minutes, all the way until the end of this past season. And when he's playing confidently, like you said, when uh, when the play is run for him, he's got a lot of skill for a guy at his size. You know, he looks. You no, know, he is not this player. He's not even close to this player. But how he moves on the court is reminiscent of a young Kevin Durant to me. Because he's got a handle at that size, he can pull up. He's got he, he got a nice like jump shot. I mean, I know his statistically he was off from three last year. Um, I think that was just a confidence thing. But it's it's a pretty jump shot. He's got a nice follow through. It's a quick release, and he can get all the way to the rack. So if he knows that he's going to be getting consistent minutes, if he knows the ball's coming to him, and he doesn't have to to defer to Rudy Gay and Patty Mills, I think that he will you know, flourish in that second unit, hopefully. I agree. I agree. And so Gavin Sanchez, do you guys know where I can watch some summer league? I'm so glad you mentioned this because the Spurs play tonight. There is Spurs basketball tonight. Josh Primo, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, Joe Wieskamp, Daquan Jeffries, even that's a guy who could have a roster spot. Who knows what happens there? Um, even Scout Labissier is also on our a summer league team, which is really interesting. Um, got a couple other rookies on there. They will be playing tonight in Salt Lake City. Um, and I believe, let me, I will pull up the exact. It, so there are streams that you can find. You guys can find the, you know, the links. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Don't want to get, don't want to get in any trouble with the feds. Um, <laughs> but but I will say that I, I believe it's on ESPN. You or actually no, tonight for sure is on NBA TV. So if you have YouTube TV or a cable subscription, it's on YouTube TV. Um, if not, just search NBA Summer League stream, and you'll you'll mm-hmm. uh, you'll find the 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 golden bucket at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I, I do want to address my man Jumpman G. Uh, thank you for the for the appreciating us for being positive uh we, we try and be positive on this channel but you said the issue is no one wants to play for the san antonio spurs you are right but i don't think it's because of what you said i don't think it's because of pop and that players don't necessarily want to play with pop um i there are a lot I, of I, other opportunities in other places i think it's that i think it's a market thing nobody really wants to come to san antonio texas generally because if you're going to come to Texas, because we don't have a state income tax, most people want to go to Dallas because or they are Houston a, or Houston. <laughs> There's two San Antonio teams. is like the third option, especially when we don't have our big three. And the reason I'm going to say it's not because of Pop is because, despite all of our all of his deficiencies, that some people might say he's you know still coaching old school basketball in the modern NBA, and despite all of our you know lack of of superstar talent and all that jazz, we've still managed to be competitive every year to at least try and get into the playoffs and i don't know about you Jude, but all i see from other players and other coaches around the league is praise for pop you know what i mean even the media praises pop despite the fact that we haven't really been competitive since 2017 and that the media doesn't always have the best relationship with him too exactly so i don't know if it's because of pop i agree with you that he's not he's still coaching old school basketball but I, I do think that he's going to make a comeback this season as far as you know what he's going to do with the team because he doesn't have those veterans um, that he feels like he has to cater to. So we'll see. Jumpman G, let me tell you something. He's not going to be around for that much no, longer. No, that too. He is so at the end of the day, even if, even if some players are like, man, 
you know, I like Pop, but he's just kind of an old dude. Um, not going to be around for much longer because of that. You'd think. You'd think. I would say at max. He's uh, no way this man coaches till he's how old is he? Look, let me see. I think Larry Brown went until he was like 80. Joe Paterno went until he was like 82. Um, Greg Popovich right now is 72. I could see him going for another six years. I don't see Pop as some, I mean, I don't know. I know that his wife passed away. So like, obviously he's got a lot of time on his hands, you know, God rest her soul. But like, I I can't see if he's really going to be around until he's like 83. I don't know, bro. I, he, I give him like max four more years, but doesn't his, isn't his contract up this year? I'm fairly certain that it is. I'm not entirely sure. I always thought he was going to retire uh, right after the Olympics. That's but what all I that thought was too. Derailed because of COVID and whatnot, and uh, it, it seems like he was kind of into the whole rebuild idea. But uh, I'm not sure where he is anymore. Okay, so I think I actually might not know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so he has got another deal. He is not, so he's, or he's not another deal, another year. So, well, actually he's got two more years. So he's got this year and then the year after that, and then his contract is up. So mm-hmm. I I think he'll just run this contract out and probably. they'll probably have like the next coach set up. He's not going to get fired. Yeah, <laughs> That's not he's not getting happen. fired. Um, and with the way that Will Hardy and all our other assistants are getting snatched, it seems more and more likely that Becky Hammond is probably going to be who replaces him. Unless we find another prodigy all of a sudden, like we usually do yeah. to replace yeah. him. That is 24 year old. She's just been the lead assistant for so yeah. long. I like Becky point. a lot. No, I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with another coach too. I'd be cool with her. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me, but um, we shall see. We shall see to wrap this one up, Ethan, uh, any predictions for the summer league tonight, unless you got anything that you want to, you want to go through before we wrap this one up. I'm going to be honest with you, Jude. I don't really know who we're playing tonight. We're playing one of the jazz teams. So there's like jazz okay. blue and jazz white. Let me let me look up their uh I'm going to make rosters. a bold prediction here, Jude, and say that the Spurs are going to dominate the Summer League. This um, one or just the Summer League in general? In general. Okay. Because this is just the Salt Lake City Summer League. And just by the way, guys, it's literally just the jazz the Grizzlies and the Spurs. So it's just like all the small market teams in the West were like, hey, you guys want to have a summer league? And the Jazz were like, we'll host it. And everybody was like, cool. But um, yeah, we're playing Jazz White tonight. We're playing Jazz White. Tomorrow we play Mm. Jazz Blue. And then on August 6th, we play play the Grizzlies. Jazz Blue's tough. (laughs) Jazz Jazz White, man. Jazz White's crazy. Okay, it's it's seven p. I don't know. Um, it's it's seven p.m. Mountain time. So so let's see what seven p.m. Mountain time is Central time. So seven p.m. Mountain time. Thank you, Eric. I'm. I think that's a a Harry Potter joke. It took me a second to get there. I thought you were saying I'm a Wizards fan or something, but I think I think it's my glasses. Eight eight p.m. tonight, guys. Eight p.m. Uh, it'll be on NBA TV. Or wherever you find your broadcasts on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer the latter. Well, no, I just don't have cable. But um, anyways, Summer League tonight. I think that Joshua Primo goes for at least 70. Um, and Wies Camp's going for like 50 at least. Yeah, um, he's going to break that Summer and, League 3 And Trey record. Jones is going to have 40 assists. <laughs> that one might be true. <laughs> and... Uh, no, okay. Actually, I will go out on a. What's a limb? Uh, this isn't a limb. I don't know. This is kind of a deep summer league team because I'm That's like, what I'm, saying. I'm like, let's go with Vassell getting 15. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Daquan takes two of those points. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just make a prediction for the fun of it. Devin Vassell has at least 15 tonight if he plays. So. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction too. Let's go with. Uh, I don't even know. Let's just pick a random name on this roster. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to go with my man, uh, Trey Jones. He's going to get a double-double with assists and points. 
So the two NBA guys on the team leading the way is the predictions yeah. tonight. Nothing, nothing too crazy. No. All right, I see a, I see a question here. First of all, Abdi, thank you, man. We appreciate it. We will keep at it. Um, and just one more question before we leave. This will be the last one. Antana Prajna, uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Do you think Pops coaching coaching Team USA will help him evolve? I think it has. I think that that um that Saints uh or not saints i'm wearing the same well i'm just always thinking about louisiana football um no uh i think that this team usa experience and the spain game not saints the spain the spain game yesterday really proved how he has evolved as a coach and they've gotten to their rhythm and he's been able to coach these guys and and help them get in their rhythm after they lost this team earlier in exhibition and just had a really tough time in just the beginning of this uh Olympics, right? And they've really bounced back. And the other thing is too, is that these guys that he's coaching, like they're all stars. So you have to deal with so many personalities that that you don't have to like deal with. Like it's different when you're coaching the Spurs and everybody knows their role. In Team USA, you have to get like Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard to understand their role on the team. Obviously, Kevin Durant is the same, but like Damian Lillard is not, you know, his role is not the same on Team USA as it is in Portland. Same with the Jason Tatum, a Devin Booker, right? Um, so I think that, that this definitely uh, will help him evolve as a coach. Um, and I think their win against Spain was huge because when you look back at the history, teams that have gone undefeated in the Olympics have had closer games with Spain than this team had. So a big bounce back. I think that taking the, a couple of those L's and bouncing back will be a great experience for Pop. Uh, in these final years for him and thank you guys so much for the for the support i see it all in the comments we, we appreciate you guys for real 100 percent, alvaro the the mute you like the intro music you think espn <laughs> goes to fiesta i was literally talking to my buddy connor darnell who who made that little little intro for us yesterday jude and he was like yeah i made that in like probably 15 minutes and he was like and i feel really bad because i could have made it so much better <laughs> and I was like, no, it works, man. It works. So I'm, I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ethan. I've rambled for forever. Any any final thoughts from you before we wrap this one up? As always, go Spurs, go. There we go. All right, y'all. We'll catch you on the next one. Um, as you guys know, if you want to go back and listen to this or watch it, um, you can find this on our YouTube channel. For some reason, our stream yesterday, it's having a little bit of trouble, like, posting like as an upload it's taking a really long time to show up on the channel sometimes that just happens with live streams but if you go to like the page on your computer and then you go to like uploads and you click past live streams then it'll pop up um and you can also go to our twitter we always post the links to literally everything if you're having trouble finding it on twitter um but thank you guys so much for being here um and if you want to follow us on twitter here are our ats. You can see that's just our names. There's an underscore for Ethan in between his first and last name. Mine's just literally mine. Um, and y'all can check all that out. So anyways, thank you guys so much. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Follow us also um, on Apple and Spotify if you want to listen to the podcast version of all of our SSPN lives and SSPN content. We'll see you guys in the next one. Go Spurs, go.